Welcome to episode 71 of the Fantasy Alarm Baseball Podcast. Back in the saddle with Matt Sells by my side. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Um, you know, just started watching uh, MLB, or I should say MILB uh, games from, uh, you know, opening day uh, was yesterday on Tuesday, I should say. Um, so it's great to have the minor leagues back. Um, you know, it's been since 2019 since we've had a minor league baseball season, so we actually get to see these guys on field playing in actual game situations and can see what they're doing because we couldn't really, you know, get reports of what they were doing when they were at the alternate sites last year. So uh, yeah, it, it's pretty exciting. There, there were, like, sometimes you would get a game recap from a, a beat writer or two, but, yes, it was very circumspect. Um, we had something later, but I might as well kick it to you now. You know, with, with the minor leagues going, uh, there was an interesting t- tweet today by Ken Rosenthal talking about the promotion protocols and that players in AAA and the alternate site are operating under the same guidelines as the major leagues. However, guys in A and below, uh, if they got called up to the majors, would have to go through a quarantine situation uh, and, and a different protocol to make the majors. So like, say, my guy Bobby Witt Jr., uh, in a month gets promoted, but he's promoted from double A, uh, he could, his arrival could be delayed. So does this do anything for uh, people in dynasty leagues or that are hoping that uh, guys are going to get promoted sooner rather than later that are not in triple A? I think it's definitely something we got to watch. Um, one thing that teams may start to do is uh, they might tip their hand a little bit by moving a guy from double-A AA to triple-A just so that they can get him into the protocol mm-hmm. um, sooner. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely something to watch. Uh, those of you who are hoping Wander Franco uh, comes up sooner rather than later, I know he's been he's been out of this world for two games in triple-A, so let's, you know, dial it down a little bit. Uh, but he is a triple-A, so he will not be subject to... The um, same things that, you know, say Bobby Witt Jr. would be coming straight Mm -hmm. from double A up to the majors because, you know, he's outside that little bubble, I guess, if we want to call it that. Yeah. Um, So it's something to watch. They're obviously not going to get the direct call. You may see them move up to triple A just to get into the protocol and then play a few games there before they come up. Um, But it is a new little wrinkle we got to pay attention to for sure. Yeah, that's going to be something uh, the the people who are always trying to get those people coming up ASAP uh, are stashing those folks. They're going to have to pay close close attention to where the guys are, whether it's the alternate site, AAA, AA, things of that nature. Uh, and then when we see guys go from AA to AAA, as you intimated, uh, unless they change the protocols, that could signal a uh, a promotion sooner rather than later. Uh, just another wrinkle to the things that we have to balance in this wonderful COVID. Yeah, also uh, a wrinkle that just occurred to me, by the way, is that those of you who have been paying attention to what's happening with Buffalo and their AAA team, they're actually playing in Trenton, New Jersey this year. Uh, they're not playing in Buffalo because the Toronto Blue Jays are now moving up from Dunedin to Buffalo starting June 1st uh, to play right. up there. So... Um, you know, that affects the teams that are heading there. And if you live in the Buffalo area or, you know, maybe now the Trenton 
area and you want to see some minor league games, that's what's up with Buffalo playing in Trenton uh, this year, who doesn't have a minor league team anymore because the Yankees AA affiliate left there uh, in the reorganization of the minor leagues. That's correct. And now that you say that, I'm going to have to, once school ends, I'm going to have to shuffle off the Buffalo and catch a, uh, catch a Blue Jays game. So that'll, that'll, be, uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, they're allowing 24% capacity at uh, the Buffalo Stadium, which is what, Sahalen Field, I think it is. Yeah, um, uh, New York State just announced today they're going to ease things a little bit more, so that might go right. up. But yeah, yeah, it I, probably will. I saw today Broadway's opening on September 14th at like full mm-hmm. capacity, I think. So, uh, so yeah, moving forward there. But, yeah, it's something to keep in mind. Uh, that you can see Major League Games in Buffalo and the AAA affiliate in Buffalo is actually in Trenton, New Jersey. Yeah, and and actually it's been crappy weather here because Luke Voigt's in Syracuse during his rehab, but I haven't ventured out to a game because today it was uh, a balmy 50 degrees and very damp, so I I passed on sitting through that miserableness. But uh, let's get to the task at hand here. And, And all across Major League Baseball, injuries just continue to take the headlines across the board you know you you'll send me messages and i'm retweeting stuff on twitter all the time regarding all of the all of the fallout from these injury issues that keep cropping up across the majors so uh, we've had some struggles here uh the we'll start with the guy in the first round christian yelich uh we've seen back issues affect other players uh he came back for one game and went right back onto the injured list, and they, they can't identify the exact problem. Uh, this sounds like it's going to be a more extended stay on the, on the injured list, unless I'm mistaken. I mean, I, I, right now I'm planning on him being out for a month. Yeah, I would say so. This is like where you take your car to the mechanic because you have a problem, and the mechanic keeps it for a day and goes, yeah, I don't see that there's really anything wrong, and then – you get it back for a day and you go, nope, the problem's still there. And then you bring it to the mechanic and they're like, well, we'll test it for like a week for you to see what, what's going on, see if we can't find the problem. That's what's going on here, right? They they have no idea what's going on with Christian Yelich's back, which is a little disconcerting. Um, so I would expect that there's going to be some time that he might either just have to continue to rest it and see if they can, um, you know, I guess, get to the root cause of the problems or he'll have some more scans. I'm not 100% sure on that, but um, I would suspect that it's going to be a longer stay than just the 10-day because it's not usual that you come back from a 10-day stint or one game and then you, you're only out for another 10 days. It doesn't seem um, to be all that common. No, it's, it's not looking good. Um, I do have one share of him, and... I had trepidation taking them, and I should have trusted my gut, and I'm kicking myself on that one. But uh, hopefully I can recover enough. That team had some insulation of other offensive players that might be able to absorb it. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, Staying with them, Keston Hero was sent out to the alternate site. How long can this happen, and should fantasy owners be holding or – in a 12-team mix, obviously, if you have injury issues and shallow rosters, he's a drop. Uh, what kind of news do you need for you to be back in on Keston Hira, who just could not hit fastballs? I think it's a timing issue with his foot. That's what I'm going to be reading about if they say he comes back and he's changed a little bit of that leg kick and the other stuff. Uh, I don't know how you feel. 
So I think it's a combination of things. Obviously, we saw him have trouble with the fastball last year, as in he basically stopped hitting it uh, mm-hmm. last year. It was it was anything and <laughs> anything in the top third of the strike zone he could not hit. Yeah, it was it was it was not good. Um, so I don't know if that foot thing got worse because it's a nervous tick, maybe, or something's breaking down with the swing. Um, but he certainly does not look like the 2019 Keston here we saw come up and just go bananas on pro hitting. Um, the other thing I think that could be taken a piece of this is that he's learning a new position, right? I mean, he got moved to first base. Um, and and that scene in Moneyball when Brad Pitt goes, yeah, we're going to move you to first base and it's not that hard. And then the guy playing Ron Washington goes, it's incredibly hard. Um there are a lot of nuances to playing first base. It's not just stand there and catch a ball when somebody throws it to you. There's positioning nuances. There's, you know, all sorts of how to hold the runner on, um, you know, and whatnot that I think he's trying to learn on the fly and keep in mind the Brewers are in first place in that division right now. Um, so it's possible that if they get him down to the alternate site and they work on his fielding some more that the – swing issues will go away when he gets more comfortable or they can go the opposite route and just work on the swing issues and hope that, you know, the first base defense that he can just learn on the fly. Uh, But I think it's going to be a kind of a lengthier stay for him because I think they're going to try and break down that swing and rebuild it. Okay. Yeah. uh, It's that. So so he's droppable at this point. Um, Unless you're in a deep league uh, or you have deep benches, I would say he's, you know, if you're in a keeper or a dynasty, you're not dropping him, right? It, it's a bump in the road. Um, but in a redraft, you're absolutely going to be dropping him. Yeah, it's hard. It's so hard in redrafts. Uh, there's a, I have an NFBC team where I think six six of my seven guys on the reserves are injured. Yeah, I'm in a dynasty league where I've got a bunch of guys on the IL, and I don't really want to drop them uh, to get reinforcements because I would like to keep they're guys that I'm looking at keeping uh, past this year. Um, so it's definitely trickier in, in dynasty leagues when you think about, you know, if you don't have IL spots in your dynasty league, um, it's tougher to make the waiver wire moves, right? Oh, yeah. You to lose the guy that you might want to keep for another year or two. Right. And you're making hard decisions. Like in my NFBC, I, I didn't want to, you know, I don't want to drop Soroka or Noah Syndergaard to go get a hitter for two weeks. So right. you're just doing your best to, to, to tread water and, and stay the course, um, you know, and, and, and way, not burn up that fob. For, for those of you that might have freaked out a little bit when you saw that Soroka was moved to the 60 day DL uh, earlier this week, yeah, it doesn't really change the roster. Yeah. It just clears a spot on the 40 man roster. Cause he was already likely going to be out until June. Uh, so the 60 day DL from April still keeps it at June. They're just clearing a spot on the 40 man roster to bring a guy up. Yeah, that's there's a lot of teams doing the same things that we're talking about with treading water with roster spots and things of that nature. It's, it's difficult. Um, and by the way, my misguided love for Jordan Hicks I'm going to play the sad trombone because he back, went back on the, on the uh, injured list with elbow irritation uh, it's sounding like at least a month, and Alex Reyes is not going anywhere. Nope. Um, he looked very good tonight with a seven-pitch save. So, yeah, that's um, efficient. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you have Hicks shares, it's time to move on. As much as it makes me sad, 
but we have to stay on top of the news cycle. Uh, one other thing before I get into the rest of the injury stuff here, and this was a hot button topic uh, the other day on Twitter. Uh, I'm in between on this one. Uh, it was about daily moves versus weekly moves in leagues. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of things I just want to, I don't mind daily moves. However, I think it should only be weekly pickups. So as in you get a five period once for the week. Um, I do not like leagues where you can pick up somebody any, any hour of the day. So if an announcement comes across at two o'clock and you're at work and some other guy is on Xbox playing a video game, he can go add that player, uh, that you don't have the availability to, um, but I do like what Tout does. We can we can do pitchers and hitters every Monday and every Friday. Yeah, so, I think that's so a at least reasonable... you so at least you have a chance because like the NFBC lets you change hitters on Fridays, but they don't let you change pitchers. I do like that Tout lets you change both. I think if you don't want to be in a daily league, at least if it's twice a week, you have a little better shot of replacing guys on the roster. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm in both, right? So my da- my dynasty league is a daily moves league. It's also one where you can basically pick up anybody uh, anytime. There's no fab. It's just a waiver thing. Yeah, um, I, again, I don't like that. And that's, I mean, it, it's benefited me before, so I can't really complain <laughs> about it. Well, no, you can use it to your obviously advantage. I'm just... In the field that we work in, uh, we're perusing the news constantly, right, to stay up with what we're supposed to be staying up with, and that's helped me clearly. I see a guy gets called up, and it's a guy that I like, um, or whatnot, and I go and make a move. So it's a little, but I don't know. My viewpoint on this is, why are we insulting people's league choices? Right, like that's fine. You like daily, okay? I get it. Right. Uh, I personally grew up playing weekly leagues. Um, I got used to it. Does it suck? Yeah. Does it have its downsides? Yeah. Especially right now when anybody can get uh, injured or land on a COVID thing any day. And it's burned me this week being in my, my weekly home league because Brian Anderson got called, got activated on Tuesday um, because the Marlins were off on Monday. So they didn't make the move because they didn't have to. And because my roster moves have to be in Sunday night to be put in Monday morning, I could not take Brian Anderson from my bench and put him into my active roster because I have a healthy guy sitting in third and corner, so I can't put a guy on the DL in those spots. So, yeah, I've lost you know a three-run homer from Brian Anderson, and he had another decent night uh, on Wednesday. That's what you live with when you play in, in weekly league. So choose your league. Don't insult anybody else's league. Know what you're getting into. And there's plenty of league choices out there. You can find one that, that you like or fits what you want to be, uh, you know, playing in. All right. Well said. Okay. So back to your nationals. They took Juan Soto off the IL. Uh, he, he, I think he pinched hit this evening yeah i assume they're just trying to get him a couple of the bats before they put him in full bore is that Uh, correct or actually the beat writers for the nats before today's game happened again this is wednesday cinco de mayo um said that he has not been cleared to field yet 
the shoulder is not healthy enough to field, so he will continue to pinch hit. Why would they activate him then? Because they wanted his bat (laughs) in pinch hit situations. Because he's one of the best hitters in baseball, so why not have his bat in pinch hit situations? Um, Well, that's fine, but if he comes up, I'm just going to walk him. Yeah, well, they pitched to him in the in the ninth inning. The Braves pitched to him in the the bottom of the ninth inning. Now they the Braves were up by two, and there was nobody on, so right wasn't going to. There was a run around. They would have walked him. Yeah, it would have been nice to see what would have happened if Victor Robles had actually taken a pitch or two in his at bat with bases loaded with two outs in the bottom of the eighth instead of flying out on the first pitch of the at bat. I'm not bitter about this at all, because um, then you know Soto would have come up with. Well, that's things too. I mean, if if here's the thing, and and we're getting into all of this with the bullpens and things of that nature. Like, you know, I can tell people that Kendall Graveman's the Mariners' highest leverage pitcher, but people are still going to get angry when he pitches in the sixth inning. Now, in Scott Service's defense, it won the game, right? And and that's all that matters. And Kendall Graveman leads the majors in WPA, which is win probability added. So he's ahead of Josh Hader, Aerodis Chapman, and other people because service is using them in this manner. Now, again, that doesn't win you saves in your league, but it's winning games. Now, if there's another outfielder available when Robles came up there with the bases loaded, if Juan Soto is your best bat, then to me, that's where he should have been batting. If you're going to say the best pitcher, the best reliever should be in the highest leverage spot, then to me, Juan Soto should have been hitting in that bases loaded situation because they had to pitch to him. Yeah, I would agree. The only, the only, re- it's not like Robles I came just, up as like a I said. Hitter. I just don't know if there's another outfielder that could have replaced Soto after yeah, that. Yeah, I'm just if, trying. If somebody, if Stevenson had... or somebody could have went in, then well, Soto Stevenson should have been was hitting. Batting leadoff. Oh, okay. Already in the in the lineup, uh, playing left field. Um. Or I guess right field, because Schwarber was in left field. Um, so it's possible that they had, I think they had another bat that they mentioned. Um, you know, you could have taken Robles out maybe and shifted some guys. But um, yeah, it was just, I was just hoping that Robles would be, you know, find his patient streak and it, it, it just hasn't happened. So that's what's he's, up. He's with trying Soto. too hard. He's trying too hard on the bases. He's trying too hard yep. at bat. He just needs to get a couple of bloops and steal a base or two and things will settle in. But as we all well, know, when you, when you try help. too hard, it doesn't work. I think that Davey Martinez is also not helping him because he continues to bat him eighth in the lineup. He needs to bat him ninth in the lineup. Yes, put the pitcher oh. eighth and let him get in front of the leadoff hitter. That's 100% correct. Because the absolute worst batting spot in all of baseball is eighth in a National League lineup. Correct. No, because, that's... You know, if you, if you hit Robles ninth, and then you have, let's say, a healthy Soto back who's hitting second, Trey Turner's leading off, and then you either have Josh Bell or Zimmerman or Schwarber hitting third or some combination of those hitting third and fourth that's a pretty solid backing for Robles to get something to hit because you're not going to not give that guy to hit anything to hit and then face Trey Turner right who by the way hit a two-run shot today and is now on pace for 39 homers and 39 steals this year not saying he gets there but that's the pace he's on um 
So yeah, yeah. I'd like I'd like to have the third pick in the TGFBI over. And get Trey Turner. Because I took the wrong national. Yes. Oh Soto. Yes. Yeah. I, I got mean, too cute. I knew I didn't want to chase stolen bases and I should have just stayed with Turner. Yeah. But Probably. it is what it is. All right. So let's let's move on here. Jacob deGrom looks like we avoided any long term uh lat issue. Uh not sure. I think they're saying he's gonna start possibly this weekend. Um, usually DeGrom has like a little nick up in the, at the end of spring training, which depresses his, uh, price capital did not happen this year. This was a little bit of an in-season thing. I, I find it still amazing that he's throwing at such a high velocity at, uh, at an age where pitchers are usually starting to decline, not continue to improve. Um, do you have any worries with DeGrom or is this just persona non grata? No, I think it's just uh, he was a little stiff coming off of his last start, and you know they I think part of it was also that they saw the uh, the weather forecast there in St. Louis. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, probably not going to risk this guy if he's not a hundred percent right. He is our entire pitching staff, and he is right now our entire offense because nobody on the team is hitting. Um, so I think he'll be back. I'm not terribly concerned about it as far as the velocity. I saw a tweet the other day. Um, I don't remember who it was from. Maybe Sarah Langs, maybe? Um, They tweeted out that DeGrom has, I think it's 46 pitches of 100 or more miles an hour this year. The next closest guy... My man, uh, Clase. Well, this was specifically starters. Oh, okay. Specifically starters. So, yeah, let me clarify. Specifically starters. I think the next closest one... Um, was it nine? Maybe. Um, yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> it was a pretty wide gap there. And as far as throwing harder at a at a more advanced age, yeah, he's thirty two. Um, he's actually technically older than uh, Mad Bum, and I think he's like two months younger than Clayton Kershaw. Um, but the difference for Degrom is he came up as a middle infielder. And then they switched him to pitcher late because they saw how good his arm was. So he's got a lot less mileage on his arm mm-hmm. than a standard 32-year-old pitcher does. So, so it's hard um, to believe he might be reaching his peak. Yeah, I think he's I think he's getting into his peak, which is pretty ridiculous considering what he's already done. Um, so yeah, I'm not terribly concerned about Degrom. I think Stroman just had a hiccup today. I'm not terribly concerned about him either. Uh, two of the runs were unearned, and he was pitching through a through a through a leg injury. So he also, I'll by give the way, said that he could have pitched in Degrom's place the other day had the game played. I'll give him credit. He so, wants the ball whenever. So yeah, you know, as much as I don't like Bauer either, he's in the same boat. Bauer's willing to take the ball. Oh, the every, Dodgers are going to wear that guy's arm out every fourth no, day. There's no plan to keep him long term. Right? They're going to give him his money. It's a quick fix right now, and they're going to burn that guy's arm to the ground. Well, they should for what they're paying them. Well, uh, a lot of things going on here with Toronto. We've got my my guy Alejandro Kirk finally has a two-home run game, and then suffers a hip injury the next day, and now he's out for up to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, another sad trombone for the Jewett train. Uh, yeah, I have him in my dynasty league too, so there's another move that's tricky to make because I have to fill in catcher. Yeah. And I don't want to drop him because I'm not dropping a guy who could be a top six catcher. 
Correct. Um, I, I, and I was upset because in MFBC, I wanted to replace him with uh, the younger Contreras in William Atlanta, but he wasn't available in their player pool yet. So yeah. I couldn't get him. So I, I settled for, I think I got Varsho on one spot and um, I had already had Jan Gomes on another one that I could fill in for him, which has been okay. Yeah. Uh, it just, it just stinks that I couldn't get the guy. I, Cause I knew I could have gotten Contreras for a buck or two. I knew people wouldn't have been bidding on him. this week. They will cause he homered right. tonight, but uh, that is what it is. Uh, George Springer, uh, his MRI came back in LA and he landed back on the injured list, just kind of like Yelich came back, played, and now he's he's heading back onto the list. I don't think his stay will be quite as long, but I think they're going to be a little more cautious this time bringing him back, right? Yeah, I would assume so. It's the same injury for a second time, right? They're calling it a quad strain. I don't know what the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the grade is. I haven't seen that, but they're calling it a quad strain. So I would expect them to be a, a little bit more cautious, but it's so he'll go past the 10 day, but it's not going to be like nearly. I don't think it'll be as long as it was this time. I know you're flexing your your minor league baseball package and the viewing. Did you happen to watch any of Nate Pearson's uh, opening day outing? Uh, I caught a little bit of it. I didn't catch. I was trying to flip around because there was a lot of really good uh, pitching matchups on opening day. DL Hall was especially uh, eye catching there with 10 strikeouts in four innings. Um, but Nate Pearson looked good. He looked the way we were, you know, expecting him to look. Um, I think he'll be up in, in Toronto slash Buffalo uh, pretty soon, actually. They need pitching help there. Um, Will he need an opener? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I... But he's going to be a five-inning max arm, right? He's not going to be probably, working deep in the games. Probably, and they're going to keep him in the back part of the rotation. Um, so that you don't expect him to go deeper, right? I mean, um, for whatever that's worth nowadays in terms of the ace versus the number five guy in innings. But um, no, I think they're they'll they'll be a little bit cautious with him off the bat. But you know, I, I don't see him being an opener or transitioning to be the bulk reliever to keep innings off. I think they'll just limit him to five innings unless he's sailing and then maybe six, but we'll see. I mean, he's a future ace of that staff, so I'm not concerned about Nate Pearson. All right, fair enough. Uh, Atlanta activated Max Freed. He looked much better today against your Nationals, six strikeouts in five innings, so hopefully he's back on track. Of course, I I kept him on the bench in my one share of the NFBC because I wanted to see what it looked like because – his last two outings before he left absolutely uh, yeah, nuked my tough. ratios. So I, I took that on the cautious approach. And, and of course, he, he proved me wrong. But uh, Marcelo Zuna hit a grand slam today. Is he going to start turning a corner here? I mean, he can't stay this bad, can he? No, I, I think he'll be fine. Um, I think, you know. Well, he's we know his- people panic. Yeah, they do. They, you know, people were panicking two weeks. I took him the in the season. third round. How can he be doing this? Yeah, people were panicking two weeks into the season last year for Freddie Freeman when he was hitting a buck eighty-eight, and then he wound up winning the NL MVP, hitting three forty-one. So I'm not saying Ozuna's going to win the NL MVP. Um, although if he has a season like he did last year, who knows? Um, I think he's just a little bit of a slow starter, getting his 
you know, sea legs back under him, adjusting to having a long-term deal in place, right? Because they signed him to, what, four? Didn't he get a four-year deal? Yeah. Um, At least next year he can DH. Right. So it's longer than what he's been operating on for, like, the last three years. Um, So uh, he'll be fine. Look, half of the Atlanta offense has started slow, too, right? Ozzy Albies been pretty dang terrible to start the year. Um, He's been better the last week. He's been better the last week, right? And it was soon as turning it around. So I, I think they're just warming up. Uh, what are we going to do with the Yankees outfield? Uh, Aaron not Hicks Aaron did have Hicks. a hit today, but um, him and Clint Frazier have not been very good. Uh, no. how, how much longer can fantasy folks hold out in a 12-team mix? Uh I would say they can probably hold out. You should probably hold out longer for Hicks than Frazier. Only Frazier because has, Frazier hasn't looked good on offense or defense. Right. That's the thing is that Hicks is still providing defense. Frazier has looked terrible on defense. And they're more financially tied to Aaron Hicks than they are to Clint Frazier. Remember, this team buried Clint Frazier for like three years in the minor leagues, right? Behind Brett Gardner and, uh, you know, about five other people, some of whom are no longer in baseball. Um, I was really surprised they traded Talkman. Yeah, that's a little surprising, too. Um, I guess they figured they needed the bullpen help. Um, but, y- you know, I, they could, at, v- at the very least, if they needed to, when Boyd comes back, they have some more... Uh, flexibility with where they play some people. Um, so they, you could see some interesting outfield lineups coming out from the Yankees if Frazier doesn't uh, start to turn it around because I'm pretty sure some of their bench guys can't be nearly as bad as Clint Frazier has been. Yeah, it's it's been – I have him in a 14-team head-to-head. I, I, I'm about to drop him, and that makes it – I can't believe I'm to this point, but – He's 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 just harpooning my batting average every yeah, week. Yeah, he's he's not coming close to hitting his weight and batting average. So no, there's nothing there. It's just empty. No. Yeah, he's 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 like the ghost runner in the in the tenth <laughs> inning. But at least those ghost runners score. All right, so m- moving on here to the Dodgers. Another sad trombone. You were well on your way to winning our side bet between Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin. That is off the table because that is off the table with a Tommy John surgery. Yeah. Um, not to mention that my boy Gonsolin was, you know, he had an injury that limited his return. Gonsolin's three to four weeks still out. Um, they're saying Price might be back sooner rather than later, but I'm not sure if he's going to be a starter. Uh, they did not build him up at, by any means. Nope. Uh, we already and talked about Trevor Bauer. The bullpen. Uh, the bullpen is already tired. I mean, all we talked about was how much starting pitching the Dodgers had, and you can never have too much. And, oh, my God, you can never have too much. But where where does this team go if they're not going to do a trade? Is there somebody in the Myers that can come up and, and revitalize either – Filling back end innings in the in the starting rotation or uh, multi inning outings in the bullpen. Yeah, I mean the Dodgers have been kind of um, a wonder team in terms of you know the last few years they just keep pulling guys out of their farm system that people haven't heard of, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, you know who the the beat in it beady. Um, Matt Beattie came up. Nobody was talking about that guy. He's been productive. 
um, on offense. Edwin Rios, people knew he was pretty decent uh, coming up, but they keep pulling guys up. Um, they've got Josiah Gray is probably the most likely name if they're going to make a call from inside their um, their farm system. Josiah Gray is their highest-rated pitcher um, by basically everybody's account. Um, he is a starting caliber pitcher. He's a righty. Uh, he's got a nice four-pitch mix. Um, so I don't think they wanted to call him up quite this early, but he does profile as a mid-rotation arm um, when all is said and done. So you could see him come up. Um, there's been some talk about, um, you know, a, a couple other guys like Landon Knack um, possibly coming up. Um, you know, there, there's some guys further down who don't get a whole lot of attention. Um, they're not quite as high ceiling of guys as Josiah Gray, but they'll be serviceable, um, in the short term for them. So ultimately I think they do make a deal though. I think they do make a deal and go after, um, Are they a gonna, starting gonna trade Kybert Ruiz? Uh, I think I would at this point, because frankly, I'm not all that high on Kiebert Ruiz. I know the rest of the world is, but I don't, I mean, he's got a good hit tool, but he's underwhelming in power. He's not going to steal anything because he's a catcher. Defensively, he's good. Okay, but he's going to hit for average and then play defense. That's Austin Barnes, right? And you've got Will Smith, who's a top three catcher in the league. So trade Kiebert Ruiz, while the secret isn't out on him yet that he's, I don't think it's going to be all that great and go get a piece, right? Mm -hmm. You could, you can move and you've got Diego Cartaya, who I think is going to be their best catcher also waiting in the wings. So they've got plenty of pieces they can move um, to go get a longer term guy or, um, you know, look, I'm going to toss still this think, out here I and still it's think I still think they're going to add, Richard Rodriguez from the Pirates. I wouldn't be surprised, but I think there might be a bigger name that that they go after as he gets closer to coming back. Don't be surprised if the Dodgers try to go after Thor. There's no way the Mets will give up Thor. Why? He's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, I think that'll go against anything Cohen's trying to do. I don't think he would authorize that. I don't know if you get a nice enough package back because the Mets farm system is not quite as deep as everybody thinks it is. Um, so if you can, if you can get the Dodgers to give up a couple of big pieces, maybe, maybe you uh, go get for Thor. a rental though. Uh, we'll see. Uh, hey, well, I, I have, look, I have Cubs, so many. The Cubs I gave have... up. Glaber Torres for a rental and a role as Chapman. Well, I know, and everyone calls him out on it for that being. I mean, they got a World Series, but that was, you know. Okay. But I, I mean, believe me, my Cindergard shares would be fine with him going to Los Angeles. Right. I have and no issue with that. But go, okay, the Dodgers aren't going to re sign him because they don't need an injury prone starter long term, and then the Mets can re sign him and keep the prospects, right? Like, yeah, that, that would be a savvy move. I mean, that's exactly what the Yankees did with Chapman. They trade him and signed him back. But mm -hmm. it would be – well, we'll have to see how that one plays out. I'm, you, you've piqued my curiosity. But um, bad news again here for the White Sox. Uh, 
it's just been a, a tough go here. First they lose Aloy, now now they lose Lubab. You know, this this is just. I mean, you watch that play in real time; it didn't look bad. And no. then you read about the hip injury, and you're just like, "Oh my gosh, that's terrible." Yeah, you just. I, I feel bad like, for the kid because he was he was really playing well. Yeah, he was, and you watch him run down to down first. He doesn't really pull up until like the last. Not really even until after he's passed the bag and then he kind of hops and you're like, well, yes. something's wrong, right? But you you never expected it to be a 12 to 16 week uh, torn uh, hip flexor, right? So um, so yes. I do feel bad for the White Sox. They're losing out on a lot of talent right now between that and Aloy Jimenez. And they just got Tim Anderson back uh, from the IL. And so they're kind of hurting right now. But the Brian Goodwin... But getting Brian Goodwin is kind of a savvy little move there. I actually like Brian Goodwin. Um, well, that's all well and fine. You know, that, that, I think the bigger issue here is they they hired somebody to manage the team that can't even keep track of the rules. The well, beat writer today, the beat writer today, had to explain to him he didn't have to run Liam Hendricks. Yep. The guys beat in writer. the dugout, guys in the dugout were asking him too. And then he was like, oh, I didn't know. Okay, well, that's part of your job there, La Russa. Well, um, the, but the bench, I saw somebody make a very good point. The, they needed to have a very strong bench coach that knows all these rules to guide him through these things. And they hired a guy that's not very experienced. Nope. Now, if you're going to do all of this, you, you made these splashy signings of Liam Hendricks and you're – you're, you're paying the, the young prospects the money to get them up into the majors and you, you promote Andrew Vaughn and you do all of these things because you're in a win now mode and, and you bring in a dinosaur. So I know we've spoken about this, mm-hmm. but, but today just underscores the, the big problem here is I have no faith in him. I mean, we brought in a pitching coach because he was supposed to unlock the next level to Giolito and he's looked, he's not looked very good. No, and they they had a perfect chance. He had a strong six innings the other day to take him out, and then Larusa left him in, and the pitching coach didn't advocate to get him out of there, and and then he implodes in the seventh inning, and it's like, it what is it the uh, the office meme there with what is going on? I mean, that's yeah. every time I watch something with this, that's that's how I feel. Yeah, and I don't, was, I don't know if it's going to get better twice. Because he imploded, he gave up the two runs, and then they still kept him in there. Yeah. And he gave up even more. Um, I will say Dylan Cease has started to turn it around his last couple of starts. He's looked quite a lot better. Oh, he has. Um, I need need Giolito to do it. Yeah, but I will (laughs) say, and and I'm going to kind of throw... Was it Rosenthal? There was an article at the... I think it was The Athletic the other day that was... Kind of a piece that was trying to criticize Larusa, but didn't really criticize Larusa, because it said, "Well, he's not been very good, but by the way, in his past, he's coached six rookies of the year." Okay, but those guys all got playing time. You can't win rookie of the year if you're not getting playing time, and he's not playing Andrew Vaughn. And you know, and I'm not trying and, to say Andrew Vaughn's like the world stops, player, right? And they're like, "Well, at his past stops, he's always." Given the benefit of the doubt to the to the veterans, because that's, the, that's the old boy network, they right, know, exactly. you know they're going to like, protect them. And I'm like, okay, but the last time he managed was 2011. People, 
Like, yeah, this move from top to bottom never made sense. You fired Rick Renteria after he made the playoffs, by the way, to get a win-now coach, because apparently making the playoffs doesn't signify that he's capable of winning now, and you hire a guy who literally hasn't managed in 11 years. Literally hasn't been in a dugout in 11 years. And the two teams that he's been associated with as whatever special envoy or council or whatever the hell you want to call it. One of them got caught cheating in the Red Sox. And aside from, you know, I guess what, two World Series, they were hit and miss the rest of the time. And the other team hasn't been very good. So, like, what are we, where are we bringing them from? It, the, the moves never made sense. And then everybody trying to be apologist for, no, he'll figure it out. It's only the first month. It's not so bad. Yeah, it is. Because they're not even winning their division like they were supposed to be. Their pitching staff looks terrible. Lance Lynn is injured, right? Isn't he on? No, he, 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 or he, came no back? He, he came back and pitched well. He pitched okay the other day. Right. I don't want like, to say well, but okay. I mean, I get you're losing talent. Everybody's losing talent. But good Lord, man, you're looking terrible. Just go get drunk and get pulled over for a DUI so it can get that. That in. thought process today was just awful. I mean, yeah. that's that's it, it, that's if a varsity high school coach made that mistake, the AD might fire him. Yeah, it it uh, was not it was not good. All right, so uh, I see you just had a late blurb here. We have Anthony Rendon going to the injured list with a uh, with that knee thing. I I know he followed that ball off. It was a little gruesome. yeah. It it did not look good when it happened. I watched it happen live. He fouled it. He barreled the ball up and fouled it right off the front of his knee, yeah. uh, and then dropped like a sack of potatoes. And anybody that's hit, been hit in the knee with a baseball knows exactly what that feels like, and you you cannot stand back up. Uh, then they kind of had to help him a little bit off the field and help him down the the dugout steps. So at first thought, it did not look it. It looked pretty bad. Uh, they've diagnosed him with a left knee contusion, which is a bruise for those of you who are not wise to the medical lingo, um, which is probably going to linger. That thing's probably going to be sore, I would imagine, the next couple of months. He's not going to be out that long. I would expect him to be back after a minimum stay on the IL. But, yeah, he is He is uh, on the IL again. That's the second time this year uh, for Rendon to be on the IL. All right, well, we already covered my, my blurbs or my, my question about the AAA, AA thing. Um, I, I know we spoke about Wander Franco for a minute. Uh, Vidal Brujan is playing center field. Is that something we need to pay attention to? Uh, it is because that might be the fastest way he gets up um, to the majors. Tampa's always looking for versatility, much in the way that, you know, the Cubs do it now, the Dodgers do it now. Um, the Angels just- are doing it under Joe Madden. Is, is um, Tampa Bay going to take advantage of the White Sox and like flip Kiermaier to him and then bring up Ruhan? It's possible. Um, Cause I know they've been looking to shed that contract. Yeah. The contract is terrible, right? Like the defense that comes with Kiermaier is fantastic, but the contract is not very friendly for them. Um, and obviously the White Sox need some outfielding help because they've lost two of their dudes. Um, and I think Adam Engel is still on the IL, right? Mm-hmm. Engel's not back yet. Yes. Um, 
So it's possible. I mean, you're going to take a hit defensively moving Kiermaier and then putting Bruhan in there. Um, but they still got Margot. Yeah, they do. Um, so you could, I guess, put Bruhan in what left field, I guess. Um, although you have what Austin Meadows usually plays left field. So uh, they, they have pieces. They can move them around. Uh, they have. They always do. A, a Rosa Reina there, too. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, middle infield is kind of clogged right now for Bruhan. Um, yeah. So I think they're just adding versatility to him um, so that when he does come up. I'll just be curious to see if they flip Adamus to the Reds and move Kiermaier to like the White Sox, and then they bring those guys up, and then they just keep they just keep burning and churning that roster. Yeah, uh, I don't we, know that they're going to start the clock on Wander Franco yet. I think yeah, it's no, a little I, I, premature for Wander Franco. I'm but. saying down the road, but um, for my for one other thing here, are, are they building a a Frankenstein ace out of Shane McClanahan and Luis Patino? Maybe, but McClanahan's gone five innings a couple of times now. Yeah, I think his next time out he will. Um, so I would expect McClanahan to stay in that rotation. I would think that Patino stays in the bullpen right now or as a bulk reliever. Well, especially uh, with uh, Diego Castillo just landing on the injured list today, right. as we keep as we keep just adding guys to the injured list. That was a groin yeah, injury. but they did get they, they did activated Fairbanks, but. He's only been throwing 12 to 14 pitches in his rehab things. Yeah, so he's like one inning tops, and it better be a correct. Quick. Yeah, um, it's got to be an efficient inning. We have to see how they use him because, uh, of course, anytime a, a closer thing happens, I get a flood of questions, and it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Kitchards was the opener today, so he could close tomorrow. It, it's You never know. One, Castillo actually – locked down the role for a little bit there was stability but now we're right back to it's it's we don't we're not quite sure how they're going to handle those situations i I think that um patino and um i guess when honeywell comes back up wasn't he sent back down to the alternate site i read that correctly or is he still up on the rock i can't they've made so many dang roster moves yeah, the, the, if you go to the MLB transaction page, it's insane. For each day, it's like thirty things on there. Um, but I think Honeywell bananas. and Patino could be paired together in that kind of Frankenstein role because they're both they're they're protecting innings on both of them. Because Waka's on the IL. Yes. So it's so. It, yeah, it's it's amazing how they they just go through things. I'm going to skip over Cincinnati because. They're just not exciting to me right now. No, nope, except uh, for how many times is um, what's his face going to get suspended this year? Oh my lord, Garrett! <laughs> yeah, uh, Garrett got suspended, and Castellanos got suspended, all for showing emotion. And then after they got suspended, I see a MLB play loud. Watch the clips on YouTube commercial. I'm like, but why? They all get suspended when they play loud. Correct. That's yeah. The let them play thing is a farce. Yep. I make a note about Acuna has a stolen a base in his last 17 games, and I would say maybe an hour after I typed it onto the to the, to the topic list, he stole a base. See, he was just waiting for you to notice. Yes. Um, yeah, I, thanks, he'll be thanks, fine. I know he'll be fine, but I don't think he's going to run as much as we thought he was going to. No, because I think he's discovered that the trick to staying in the games longer and staying healthier is not running quite as much. Maybe he called Mike Trout. Maybe it's a possibility. 
Because, uh, you know, want... right now, Albert Pujols has more stolen bases than Mike Trout this year. Yes. Fun I fact. did want to ask you, did you watch any of the Daniel Lynch uh, start? I did watch uh, some of it. He looked pretty good. The stat line does not accurately show. Uh, yeah, that's that's outing. what I wanted to get at. He was also very pissed, by the way, that he came out of the game because there's a lip. There, there's a video of lip reading saying he, he says, God damn it, when they come take him out of the game. Um, uh, the bullpen if you're a competitor, in. you want to stay. Yeah, I'm not blaming him at all. He wants to stay. He wants to be the front line, you know, inning eating pitcher we all hope he can be. Um, he was a little bit roughed up. It was kind of sporadic, but the stat line does not adequately show. The, st- the start was better than the stat line shows. Uh, the reliever came in and quickly allowed two or three inherited runners. Uh, to score that got tagged on to Lynch's. It was Barlow, line. which was a surprise because usually he's solid. Yeah. Um, hung the hung the kid out to dry there um, a little bit. So I think he'll be fine. He's, I think he winds up as their number two starter down the road only because Asa Lacey is going to be the number one starter. Um, and I do, he will stick in that rotation because they told Jake Junis he's going to the bullpen. Um, so if Lynch is available, go pick him up because he's going to be in that rotation. He's going to get five to six innings to start. All right. I'll have to think about him. I don't know. That's the, I'm, how the Royal season progresses really has me intrigued. Oh, there's also some crazy rumors getting spread out there that if, if come like the middle of June, the Royals are still in first place. Do they go get Chris Bryant? Wow. They have the prospects to do it, right, without giving up Bobby Witt and without giving up Asa Lacey. They don't have to give up those guys and go get – and they could go get a rental of Chris Bryant. If, I mean, if you're going to do that, you can't keep playing Nicky Lopez at second base. Well, right, but the hope is that LCDs Escobar – or not LCDs Escobar – well, they did sign LCDs Escobar um, – but uh, the Mondesi. Oh, I'm saying, back. I'm saying, if if you're if you're pushing all the chips in and you're going to go get Brian, then you got to bring up Wed Junior and just go all in, right? Well, I think their hope is that Mondesi is back at that point. And you well, I understand Mondesi that, but you can get Merrifield back out in the outfield and get Wit at second base. Yeah, but if you get Bryant, you can also play Bryant in the outfield. Well, that that's fine too, but I, I right. just I don't know. I and then you really you turn Hunter Dozier into. Out. A, in, into, you know, a, a util guy. And Dozier's actually been hitting. He homered off of Beaver today, so. Yeah, now he, uh, that's, he started slow for sure. Yeah, so. no, he's, uh, it's, he's. It's just some interesting banter that I've been seeing that, that the Royals could be a sneaky play to go well, it's, get. And it's nice seeing that a team like the Royals is involved in looking to add. Oh, for sure. For sure, because we've seen that. They're not going to give up one of those arms, but. Oh, yes. no. They're not giving up Lynch. They're not going to give up um, Jackson Kovar. They wouldn't give up Asa Lacey. They won't give up Bobby Witt. Um, probably won't give up Kyle Isbell, I would assume. Um, but they have they have guys like an MJ Melendez, catching prospect, that they could probably give up. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple pitchers further down uh, that they could also give up. For what's sure. what's going to be – the Cubs are going to sell, correct? Uh, I, I, would, I, I would assume that they'd have to at this point, right? Like, 
Everybody's by, by, by July first. They're player. gonna they're gonna open up the doors, right? Yeah, I mean Brian's yard sale be gone. Baez needs a contract. Contreras needs a contract. Um, like I don't. They've got nothing in the farm system, and they need to restructure salaries. So why not go trade? Baez and Contreras and Bryant, who are all difference-making bats elsewhere, who all probably need a change of pace, um, and go get prospects from people. All right. Do you have any bullpen stuff you want to throw at me, or are we, we getting close on time here? Uh, one simple question, and I say simple because it's simple for me to ask, <laughs> not for you to answer. Um, who do you trust at this point? <laughs> all right, well. I trust the dead fish, Cesar Valdez. Uh, it's amazing to say that. I trust Matt Barnes. Um, I still trust Hendricks, even though his manager doesn't know how to use him. I trust the Indians bullpen. I love Klaze and Karinchek as a thunder and lightning combo. Um, I like Ryan Presley, but I don't like any of the bridge leading to him. They need to make a deal. Uh, yes, they to, do. To, to shore up that bridge and rotation. Uh, I, I've, I actually, you know, I've been critical of a Chapman in the past, but I trust him this year. He looks like a different pitcher. Um, I was saying this to a friend today at school. He just, he carries himself differently this year. He just looks more confident if that makes any sense. Yeah. He also looks I, a little thinner too. He looks like yeah, I've, I've been watching down. him and he just, you know, I, it was the other day he had the game ending strikeout and he's kind of stood there and just, you know, was like, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm the guy. I mean, I, that's okay. Uh, amazingly, I trust Ian Kennedy, although he'll probably get traded. Uh, I, I can't that's see That's my Texas. freebie in my 21-team league that's getting me eight saves so far for nothing. Actually, I think it's nine now. He got another save tonight in Minnesota. Yes! <laughs> um, National League, let's see. Uh, Richard Rodriguez? I do. I do. Well, I trust I trust him, but I also trust he's going to be traded. Yeah, well, uh, as long as he's, he's retired, he's retired twenty eight straight batters. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. He's impressive. given up one hit. He's given up one hit this season and one walk. I did see a blurb today about San Francisco. Um, well, that what do you mean that they're going to they they said they're going to start possibly using Tyler Rogers yeah. to saves too. Yep, yeah. that's the that's the blurb I saw from I believe it was Susan Slosser. Uh, Slosser, yeah. Um, I think Will Smith is fine. Um, I think Kimbrell will be traded. The only the only arm I truly trust in the Reds bullpen is Antone. They're going to use him like 2018 Hater, so he'll get a handful of saves, but not consistent. Uh, Jansen is blowing a save chance right now in Chicago. He's got bases loaded with one out. That sucks. Oh, he got, out of, he he got out of it. He got a double play, so it's he just gets the ghost runner run in, but he didn't shut down that game when he had a chance to. Uh, I do trust Josh Hader this year. He looks very good. And I never thought I would say this, but I actually trust Mark Melanson right now. And I trust Alex Reyes is going to stay the Cardinals closer. So, yeah. It's a pretty good that's, roundup there. That's the trust list. Everything not, else not, is wide open. Not as big as you'd expect it to be. 
No, uh, it's but, things are going to get crazy. It, it, you know, every week I'm like, man, what am I going to write about for my closer column? And then every weekend it's like, oh, ding, ding, ding. They all start popping up. And, and people are frustrated with Kendall Grayman. We spoke to it already. And, and also keep track of it because Oakland did the same thing last week. They had Trevino get a save on one matchup. And then the next day, Diekman took the save against the the lefty bats of the, of the opposition. So, right. Uh, Seattle and Oakland, you're going to get saves from those pitchers. They're just not going to be primary shares, and you have to understand that. And uh, speaking of Valdez, uh, congrats to John Means for yes. throwing a no-no tonight that should have been a perfect game. Um, his right, a drop third strike. Yeah. yeah, his catcher dropped a third strike in the third inning, and then the guy promptly got caught stealing. Um, so he faced the minimum 27 Hitters up, 27 down. One of them reached base. No hits, no errors, no hit-by-pitches, no walks. Um, first time that John Means has made it through past seven innings mm-hmm. in his career. Um, and and so, the Mariners the Mariners team batting average after that game is .204. Yeah, that's but not But somehow, Jared Kelnick needs seasoning. Yeah, you know, it's, it's called seasoning of the wallet for the Mariners. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so congrats to John Means, uh, mm-hmm. on that one. It's the first individual no-hitter for the Orioles in 52 years, um, since 1969. Uh, first no-hitter for the Orioles in 30 years overall, so. And 69 was a great year. Yes. Because that's when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, it had dominant pitching still, because, you know. Yeah. The year of. You know, 1968 is the year of the pitcher, but still, uh, the late 60s, early 70s had phenomenal pitching staffs. They did. All right, so the Orioles having four 20-game winners on one staff in, what, 71? Yeah. Yeah. One or two, two. but yeah. Uh, what's what's going on in NASCAR this week? Is there another random track race name? or? <laughs> um, it's actually the Goodyear 400 at Darlington. Oh. Oh, that's somewhat um, normal. Yeah, it's at Darlington. It's a throwback weekend. Um, oh. So we get a bunch of vintage paint schemes popping up. They're running white walled. Well, the Goodyear tires will have white lettering on them instead of okay. the normal yellow. So it'll be a little bit of a throwback uh, there. So, yeah, it should be a pretty fun race. I like Darlington. Had a very good weekend last weekend at Kansas. Um, I got a stat correction in my favor that won me an extra 150 bucks and a GPP <laughs> takedown. Nice. Um, so we've got that coming. Um, I think all three series are racing this weekend. Um, so yeah, that's out. My prospect report is out. I highlighted guys that were drafted or signed in 2019 because we hadn't really seen them on the field um, until now. So highlighting some of the bigger names we're watching there. Next week, I will highlight the 2020 draftees and signees because they really didn't play any pro games uh, yet because obviously their minor league season did not happen last year. So uh, that's kind of what's up for me this week. Gotcha. All right. my uh, Let's see. My behind the breakout this week focused on Cedric Mullins, a different Oriole, but uh, doing well switching to hitting left-handed full-time. Uh, he's, he's, he's doing well now, again, he's not going to hit 320 for the full season. However, he's, he's, 
he could get you a very sneaky 17-17 up to 2020 season. Yeah, I jinxed uh, him the other day, putting him in the value vault. Uh, guy <laughs> leads the league in hits, and then I put him in the value vault against a hittable uh, pitcher for the Mariners, and he went like 0 for 4. So. Correct. Yeah, that was against Justin Dunn. Yeah. The matchup made sense. Sometimes it just doesn't go in your favor. Not so much. Uh, so uh, I do, let's see, uh, Fridays, my streaks and trends article on Fancy Alarm where I go over guys. And one of those guys that's streaking is Giancarlo Stan, who extended his hitting streak to 13 games now, I believe, with a mm-hmm. home run and double this evening. Um, he's white lightning hot. Uh, yeah, we'll meanwhile, I, Aaron Judge went 0 for 5 with 5 strikes. See if I yeah, see if I get to highlight him again on Friday in that column. Uh, it also explores some of the stat cast data, giving you an idea of who's doing what. Uh, I have the pitching coach Saturday, the hitting coach Sunday, and then we we roll it over and start all over again. Uh, tout update. I, I was able to beat Nick Pollock of Pitchers List last week. Uh, I'm matching up with uh, Chris Welsh of uh, that 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 podcast show there, uh, him and him and his partner. So this will be uh, interesting. I, I had a rough outing from Peralta, but at least he stayed in and got some strikeouts. So that'll help. And uh, we'll, we'll try and keep the train rolling. Last I saw, uh, me and Ryan are both uh, three and two, uh, trying, to, trying to chase the, the couple of the teams ahead of us. But as if the season ended today, uh, both fancy alarm analysts would be in the playoffs. So that's a good thing. So hopefully we'll get some guys healthy if I get Thor back and some of the other pitchers coming off of the injured list eventually. Uh, that'll help stabilize my staff, and we'll be able to make a nice second half run. So uh, that wraps things up. Thanks again for everything, Matt. Don't don't burn out your TV watching all those minor league games. I did get the package too, so so we can uh, start planning on checking on what guys we want to hone in on. So it's a fantastic deal for forty bucks for the year. Yes. Yeah, that's that's one of the steals in baseball, getting the minor league package for forty dollars. And you, you get like hundred and twenty game, like all one hundred and twenty teams are on there. That thing. Yes. So, so it's just going to unlock another level of Matt's coverage for the prospects. So make sure yeah. you're getting on board for all that information. Fancy Alarm family, make sure you're checking out all the great work on the site, staying up to date on all the things, and I'm sure all the NFL stuff will be coming up right around the bend. Until next time, we are out. <laughs>